Well, hello again. Welcome to the Account Experience Podcast. I'm here today with Camilla Shulton, my co-founder at Customer Gauge. How are you doing, Camilla? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today. Dave, who's my normal co-host, is away in the UK. I know. So thanks for stepping in at the last minute. Really appreciate this. Um, now, today, I'm really excited about this. Uh, we have a presenter who's uh, joining us from Just Eat Takeaway slash Grubhub, who they just bought. Now, you know, you know Lucinda for a while, right? Yeah, she's, she's been around uh, with Customer Gauge for some time, but she started this job uh, in 2019, I believe, and she just got going um, and she's been really expanding her team and bringing fantastic uh, uh, results in. But I'm really interested in her personal experiences. What are some of her tips and tricks for other people to learn from? I think that I love that human side of it. I also want to ask her, so, you know, this is a customer gauge account experience award. These guys got 97% closed loop rate. Wow. I, I want to hear about how she did that. Cause I think that's, that is just totally awesome getting there in a year. So without further ado, should we get Lucinda on? Yeah. Great. Welcome, everybody, to the Account Experience Podcast. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Camilla Shulton. Camilla, you're standing in because Dave's not here. I know. So, are you ready for this ride? I hope so. Okay. Well, I'm really pleased to be able to welcome our guest today, Lucinda Anderson from Just Eat Takeaway, or maybe as I should call them now, Just Eat Takeaway Grubhub, I think, because the deal closed last month congratulations yeah. thank so, you well the uh, the 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 company it's headquartered in amsterdam and we'll get to that but it's really focused on you know giving consumers and restaurants this this platform to help really deliver to the to end consumers i'm really excited to hear about this um, and lucinda has also got a ton of experience in this camera because she joined just eat in i think october 2019 yeah. And she's the commercial excellence manager, I should say, hello, Lucinda, commercial experience manager for account management. So it's really in that B2B space that we're particularly interested in. And you've got a great background in hospitality as well as software, and including stints at Coca-Cola and some other things I was reading on there. So welcome, <laughs> Lucinda. So how are you doing today? I'm well, thank you. And I'm really excited to be here. So thanks for having me. Um, I think, uh, yeah, we, we, we do go a while back. Um, even with my previous employee, Unit 4, um, we, we work with Customer Gage and uh, also quite closely with Adam and Camille and also with Dave. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited to be here like a few years later and uh, getting the opportunity to, uh, yeah, do this podcast. Really cool. Oh, that's great. Well, listen, why don't we dive in? By just, I, so I gave this kind of like uh, heart. Um, half introduction to you but why don't you tell us a little bit more about the company and then lead into your role in in in, in what you're doing there yeah cool yeah so um uh, I, I joined the company 2019 when it was still um takeaway and uh takeaway like you mentioned is um based in amsterdam and actually started out in a uh, kind of in an attic of yitzha who is still our ceo and um, yeah, he kind of came up with this idea because he couldn't order any pizza uh, around the corner. So he said, okay, right, I'm going to take 50 euros, or girls maybe probably at the time, and I'm going to start this online uh, food delivery service. Um, 
so yeah, that was Thuisbezorf. What is our Dutch label? Um, and then kind of with the initial launch of the Dutch label, um, yeah, it expanded quite rapidly. So we're into Germany, Belgium. Uh, basically, we're currently in 23 countries, I'm saying uh, off the top of my head, uh, which also kind of uh, includes uh, the uh, uh, the Legacy Just Eat organization. So um, yeah, so in 2020 last year, we actually came to an agreement with um, uh, Just Eat, which kind of complemented the uh, takeaway market so I think the only market where we kind of had overlapping uh, restaurant base uh, was in Switzerland um, and yeah we actually kind of uh, um, complement each other quite well from a uh, market perspective um, so yeah like you mentioned uh, uh, Grubhub so that's a uh, kind of new one which was contract I think probably about two weeks ago officially also on the uh, NASDAQ now and which is really exciting so very much looking forward to integrating in that space but yeah we focus on online food delivery and uh, it's all kind of about creating the whole network effects, as I like to call it. So uh, we really want to focus on consumer, giving them the right um, kind of offering, right cuisine, uh, looking at, you know, uh, kind of also the trends, vegan, because I know kind of like identity-wise takeaway is also a lot about, oh, you know, getting just you know, the kebab or your pizza. It's not about that anymore. It's really kind of offering high-end um, and also with, with the COVID uh, developments on growing, right? So we are really expanding kind of offering consumer-wise. But it also means that from a restaurant partner um, perspective, because that's kind of the side where I'm on, on the B2B side, um, we really need to make sure that we do actually kind of do the supply and proper demand uh, generation then. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely kind of uh, um, the business that we're in. Fantastic. Uh, you know, what an opportunity also coming up through the covid yeah. Crisis. This must have this, you know, what an impact that that's made. And and so I'd love to get into some of the challenges that you've had, you know, especially like recruiting restaurants and keeping them as and as you're growing at this phenomenal rate, because, you know, as you say, bringing in uh, Just Eat, I think, from the UK and then Grubhub yeah. from the US, you've got cultures coming in, you've got, man, what an interesting business to be in. So let's let's try and take take it apart a little bit. So Lucinda, t- tell us a little bit about the program that you're involved in in, in particular. Yeah. So when I joined um, in in uh, 2019, um, I was kind of a, a one woman army. So I joined from Unit Four, where I also had customer gauge, um, and then uh, yeah, so I joined as commercial excellence management, which really much focuses on kind of improving the restaurant space so what um i'm currently kind of with my team so i've just recruited number 12 or 13 actually so we are uh, growing quite rapidly um but yeah what we very much focusing on is enabling the account management teams um, in country to make sure that they kind of have the space to do their jobs which is really maximizing value and uh, performance of our restaurant base so it's lots of kind of um, innovations lots of um, making sure you know that we kind of have the right portfolio to offer towards the restaurants, but also very much enabling and doing proper value propositions. And we always take kind of the restaurant experience as the core of what we do. So we very much assess from the outside in, what is it actually that our partners need in order to kind of service um, our consumers? And um, it's all about kind of creating that insight, creating that, um, uh, also looking at marketing space, right? Because next to kind of doing the online generation, um, we also have lots of marketing materials that we're actually able to offer to really promote that top of mind awareness. Um, so it's all about creating value and, and making sure that the teams are able to do their job. 
Um, so what we started doing is, um, and we, we did we did run NPS, but it was just kind of a lot of data. I didn't really see that much in the beginning when I joined. And then um, when we kind of started deep diving a bit more, and actually that's where the tool customer gauge um, gave us lots of insight is very much saying key. So this is what we're doing well. This is what we really need to improve on. And also um, the complexity within the different markets. Um, we started off in, in the Netherlands with Duisburg, which is a very kind of our, our core market, one of the core markets actually and very mature. But then if you have to compare it to what's happening within, for instance, Poland or Bulgaria or Romania, um, which is completely different. Um, uh, yeah, kind of different spectrum there. And um, also from a competitive perspective, but also kind of the, the way that consumers behave um, and also the cuisine times offer, but also the logistical services provided. So it, it gave us quite a rounded, um, yeah, uh, kind of answer to what is it exactly that we should be doing, what we're offering. Um, yeah. Can I, can I go a bit further than that? Because I think yeah, sure. whenever I've ordered food from a food delivery service, I'm always asked, how was your uh, your food. Uh, what was it? What was it like? It was the driver on time, and you know this is obviously very important for the restaurant to understand. But but you're talking about a different part of the business, aren't you? You're talking about your relationship with the food delivery provider, right? So yeah. can you categorize? Can you talk about some of the services that you're offering uh, these people about what what you're looking for to get rated at your end? Yeah, so I, I think, um, and this is also kind of my perception when I joined um, just eTakeaway is like, okay, how complicated can it be, right? You're a restaurant and you kind of offer a service, but actually um, it, it goes really far. Um, not everyone, not every restaurant can actually do proper um, takeaway or actually dine in. Um, you have to kind of have the right logistical setups in the kitchen, but also with packaging, with type of dishes that you want to be offering. Um, also kind of your whole like, in-house call it um, point of sale solutions, your software that you have in order to kind of process all the different tickets. Um, and then actually when you have the dish prepared, um, you need to be able to also kind of career it towards um, the actual consumer. So um, we have uh, our restaurants who actually have their own kind of couriers, um, but then we also offer our own logistical uh, service. Um, so we have different type of models there where we uh, uh, kind of um, yeah, support our, our restaurant base with. But what our account management teams uh, try to do is really look at the performance, right? So how do we kind of enable our restaurants to be as successful as possible within their business? And yeah. it means that we advise them. We look at how they actually process um, and how kind of the, the logistics work within um, the kitchens, what type of menus they offer, what type of packaging, because you don't want to be um, delivering a, a premium kind of ribeye in a soggy package, right? It's just something that's not going to work. It's going to give you bad customer reviews, um, which then doesn't help kind of your positioning on the actual um, set, so to say. So it's, uh, yeah, it's lots of different kind of ends of the spectrum. I, I didn't even realize that um, myself really? when I joined. I'm, I'm curious. I, was, I guess you're also helping all the rest of the restaurants that have level up as well. For the yeah, first time, you've got a way to figure out what, what works on a, on a benchmark basis, I guess, right? Absolutely, yeah. So what, what happens then if they actually join our platform is that we have quite an extensive onboarding uh, with them. Um, so they kind of go online and then we try and contact them within the first 48 hours, actually 24 hours, just really kind of handhold them to what it means to actually be in our platform. Um, you'll also see, you know, sometimes that they're kind of um, a bit lost, you know, okay, so now I'm suddenly getting all these orders, what do I do? Um, sometimes they're not generating sufficient orders, so then you try and help them with adding some 
um, kind of promotional tools potentially, right? So how can you, for instance, introduce loyalty programs, which is also quite a uh, an interesting uh, area, you know, that we also help. But also kind of looking at um, delivery areas, delivery fees, um, and actually kind of really also making sure that um, from a branding perspective, so really creating that experience to the consumer, um, creating top of mind awareness, making sure that if you do delivery, that you actually do what you say and deliver what you're going to be delivering and on time um, and making sure that you kind of, yeah, deliver the best quality, uh, which also helps from, from a customer review perspective. So, um, yeah, it's really interesting. I think that's really amazing, actually. I had, to be honest, before you were explaining it, I also had no idea about the fact that you are the power behind the scenes that's trying to make that kind of consumer experience possible. Yeah. Uh, because I, I guess you're right. It, 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 there is this whole perception still that it's just basically already takeaway type foods, like fast food type solutions. Whereas if you want to add that premium experience, you really got to bring probably a slightly more old school uh, industry into a new uh, into a new era where technology probably actually has allowed them to still make some money during COVID, uh, but also to make them really aware of of, of, of the the options and the possibilities that yeah. they have. So, if I understand it correct, basically your team is is sort of enabling the success. Of, of the players that you have in your ecosystem. So it's to make sure that they get their right, you know, product, and, but but also the whole fulfillment side. So I, I actually am really fascinated by that. <laughs> what, what were some of the things that you learned? Because this is really about follow-up in a very different environment to us, right? Normally it's kind of like you have a problem, you fix it, whereas this is really actually hand-holding. What are some of the things that you learned from you know, that they maybe have common uh, issues or challenges that they come up against? Yeah, I, th I think that one of the kind of misconceptions these days is that, um, like I mentioned, you know, oh, how difficult can takeaway be? And a pizza is a pizza. But it kind of goes way beyond that because um, it's kind of from a restaurant perspective. These are actual entrepreneurs and um, way more than you would actually imagine. Right. They have businesses. They struggle. They have their struggles also with kind of COVID, um, where we are trying to support them, and now actually that they're going online again, um, they can't actually manage the, um, it's, it's quite challenging for them to get the resources again and kind of ramping up speed, et cetera. So um, they have challenges that none of us can really kind of imagine from a business perspective. Um, and what we try and do is really kind of um, maximize or kind of really take all, all the different uh, spectrums out of their hands, you know, by facilitating them with software, with marketing materials, but also with um, the right packaging, advising them on how kind of their, uh, how they are benchmarking. Um, so when you talk kind of about creating that account experience, um, we try and do that for our restaurant partners, but then the restaurant partners also try and do that for their consumers. Um, and I think also kind of what goes hand in hand with that misconception is that restaurant partners really want insights. They really want to understand how they are doing. They want to kind of have this one-stop shop where they can manage their menus, where they can manage their kind of um, performance where they can easily switch on and switch off their, um, their, their all their devices, right? And also kind of uh, their plug and play type of uh, loyalty programs that they want to be using on some days and some days not. Do you um, share that? Do you kind of like do kind of a, this is sort of our industry, this is where, where most of our uh, customers are really outperforming uh, you or maybe less confrontational. Do you share that data with them to keep them uh, improving or to keep them on their toes? 
Well, we, we do try and keep and say, okay, so if, if you're like the, the number 50 pizza parlor in Amsterdam on the corner, right, you need to kind of bring something different if you want to be on top of that platform. So what we do try and do is really kind of look at their performance. So either um, customer views, which is obviously a kind of a, a big driver as well, but also, for instance, how they're doing price-wise, how they're doing like from a menu option. Um, you really want to be looking at kind of creating that, that additional um, wow factor when you do the delivery. It can also be packaging, for instance. Um, so um, there's lots of different factors where you can actually kind of say, okay, listen, you know, um, you're not that high on on kind of the list or not that performing that well because of X, Y, Z. And that's actually where kind of the account management teams come in as being a, a best practice uh, kind of industry consultant, let's put it that way. So they also have to have this background and really understand what drives hospitality. They have to be able to kind of create that hospitality um so yeah it kind of uh um it's it's a very diverse type of advisory that you do yeah. here and it's it's a challenge as well right because we are seeing that um obviously kind of with with the different covid dynamics um um it's last year march it was crazy it was suddenly where we usually would have um I don't know, maybe, uh, um, uh, I can't even say how many numbers, but maybe a few, few hundred restaurants going online in one week or something. Suddenly we had a hundreds of restaurants going online in one weekend. Um, and then trying to, on, sorry? You, you were just new in the job then as well. You were yeah. Your way through. Definitely. So it's kind of like suddenly this, this, this explosion in the market and then suddenly trying, okay, so how can we actually support all the teams, all these restaurants going online? And you kind of have your existing estate that you still need to take care of and make sure that they're enabled to do their jobs versus the new restaurants going online um, and who needed to be onboarded. And I have to say, I, I think this this was actually really inspiring because everyone, like every single colleague was supporting all the sales teams. Also, all, at one point, we even had recruitment and the HR kind of onboarding um, restaurants, right, and picking up the phone saying, hey, how can we help you? <laughs> I love um, that. Yeah, but it's kind of really like all hands on deck. Um, and yeah. I, that's also what I love about this company is that everyone just really has a passion for, for this business. Everyone just loves kind of um, enabling the entire space to do so. And I think that's also which is kind of why, you know, the whole um, account experience base works quite well within within the company. We've really taken those insights. So when we started with implementing customer gauge and also kind of with the different functionalities that we have for reporting, dashboarding, um, really creating that transparency and visibility, which then but almost by itself also creates ambassadorship, I have to say, kind of within the different um, layers of the organization. Um, so that definitely helps kind of pushing that whole um, passion for improving the account experience. Just in, yeah, generally. yeah. I see that because I, I was actually thinking back because I remember speaking with you and then yeah. um, it was you just, you came on board and you kind of very quickly, I think, got, the customer gauge up and running yeah. uh, and so you were kind of you said you started this one woman army I like that much better than one woman band uh, <laughs> but, uh, and, and but now you've got 12 13 uh, uh, members growing yeah fast right I mean that's yeah. like that's in the span of uh, less than 24 months and then so, so now even internally how how does that help you sort of manage something because if it grows that quickly I guess one of the things that you need to do is get everybody onboarded in kind of a similar way even though you've got many different regions and probably the you know the, the landscape's different but kind of like the solution that you offer is is the same right you're trying yeah. to get them to a successful 
um, ver- variety on your platform of really great restaurants, I'm guessing. So, yeah. so that, how, how do you work that then? Suddenly you've got all these people, you can start to see their performance. You can even, I think, look at what's working in your own team and what's not. Yeah, definitely. I think I think one of the main things within my team is that we we kind of we we facilitate the program, right? So we make sure that everything kind of gets hands and feeds. But um, it's actually the local account management teams who are um, actively kind of picking up the phones and talking to the uh, restaurant partners when they uh, fill in um, the, the the actual survey. So um, it's it's really interesting because um, also with we're trying to so, so we launched Customer Gauge and then uh, we started integrating Just Eat, the Legacy Just Eat organization, and they also had their own kind of insights program. So we really tried to take kind of the the best of both worlds right because they they had awesome learnings we had awesome learnings um and really same key you know so let's just combine everything combine programs combine drivers um i think the one thing that that we did quite well is that actually with kind of closing the loop and getting all those insights in actively kind of pushing it towards the product and tech teams towards um sales towards cs uh, really driving that improvement planning um, but the, the good thing was that, and it was actually really easy getting everyone on board and also kind of with the integrated countries because they saw that what we are trying to do or what we were actually doing within account management in kind of the legacy takeaway countries, um, it was increasing the MPS score. Um, and just because of actually giving partners a voice and, and making sure that we got all that feedback in and actively saying, hey, guys, you know, um, this percentage doesn't like this feature on our set. We need to do something about this. And then um, also being able to kind of putting the, the proof to the pudding that if the product would actually change a feature, make things easier for restaurants, it actually, again, you know, kind of up the NPS score. So um, it, it kind of, it, it was quite easy, I have to say, um, getting that buy-in. I think and that's really amazing. But I think it's because you, like you said, right, you're closing the loop. So you're not yep. just taking feedback. And, and analyzing, you're actually getting back to customers, pushing it into the organization, yeah. really making that feedback work for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think also kind of what, what, what we do do is that um, we take that feedback, we do individual improvement planning because some of the things are like really kind of small um, issues, right? You can see that in the feedback, but you can also kind of get that from, from other conversations because we do have kind of this proactive outreach um, type of mechanism uh, that, that we handle. Um, but then also kind of taking the structure of feedback, working with the different teams and also getting commitment um, cross border, I would say across functional from the different teams. Um, so even in country, but also kind of from a centralized perspective on what it is that they will be improving. Uh, on within the next like two quarters or quarter to come. So if you then take that feedback and even though that you might not be able to reach every single customer individually, but still kind of push this email out from partner marketing saying, hey, um, you received a survey from us. Sorry if you didn't gonna get it or didn't if, if you didn't kind of engage with us, but just as an FYI, we did hear you and this is what we're gonna be kind of changing for yeah, you. Well, well I, yeah. that's what I wanna pick up on because first of all, that's great that you've got that sort of newsletter type approach. Yeah. And you're telling them, but I want to pick up something that I'm really impressed with what you guys do. And in fact, this is why you won an account experience award. So when we calculated the closed loop experience that you give, we calculated that you were able to close the loop on 97% of all of the detractors within 48 hours. Yeah. That is phenomenal, Lucinda. Yeah. You know, especially from such a young program. I mean, I, I think that's really awesome. 
How did you manage to to do that? Let's really get into the nitty gritty here. And what's your target next? Hundred percent, definitely hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> bring us along because this this is, I think, you know, the teaching moment that we'd love to give. And the fact about. that it can be done, I guess, that's what a lot of people out there think. Oh, it can't be done. You know, it's no, it, it is actually possible. No, so I think I think one of the main things is because um, I, I have um, I actually kind of have ownership within my team, right? So I, I have a a an, Improvement Specialist, Project Manager, whatever title it is, um, who, I, who actually kind of like drives the account managers to make sure that they do this. So she's like constantly whipping them into shape and making sure that um, that we do this. But um, next to that, kind of before we actually launched the program, um, we really did a lot of kind of road shows about what is the importance of NPS? What does it mean? Um, how can we really kind of take that feedback in order to make our lives uh, or our restaurant partners' lives better and easier? And I think um, in the beginning, it was a bit uncomfortable because they weren't really used. I mean, they, they speak to partners every single day, but actually trying to have that difficult conversation and also being able to kind of smooth out these bumps um, and without actually having to promise anything, because that's also one thing, right? If, you, if you're speaking to any type of customer or partner, they want to know what you're going to be helping them with and they want guarantees. Um, so that, that's kind of like the, the difficult side of things, obviously, you know, working also with a big corporate. But um, kind of giving them those, those handhelds and ensuring, guys, you know, we can help you with kind of having these difficult conversations. So um, training them on that, uh, dealing with objections, um, and just kind of having that network there um, that they're not in them by themselves. We're having these knowledge exchanges, sharing best practices. And I think the more that we kind of facilitate that type of environment saying, hey, it's fine if you have a if you have lots of detractors or if you're going to have a crappy day because you were speaking to 515 detractors and none of them were happy. Um, it happens, you know, it's just, yeah, so we can only go upwards from here. And then having those conversations and actually kind of um, feeding back into these partners, you also kind of notice that the partners were getting a lot happier, which also made life of account management a lot easier. Right. So, um, yeah, so kind of having that dynamic, okay, it's going to be rough at first, but we need to do it now, you know, and then gradually seeing that partners actually appreciated that we were getting back to them, that we're doing these improvement programs, we're also actively feeding back to them what we're going to be changing. Um, yeah, and that, that just meant the world, yeah. I don't want to trivialize this because we know in B2B that this this act of closing the loop really drives net promoter upwards, you know, about something like six points or something like that if you, if you do it regularly. So, Lucinda, can you, can you go even more specific? How did you train the people? Can you think of a specific example that you went through? This is the sort of thing that, I, that I'm often asked. How do, you, how do you drive this culture change? Um, I think mainly because uh, one of the things is we always talk about NPS, um, but it's always getting down to what does NPS mean, um, you know, and, and what does it tell us? And actually, it tells us a lot about, yes, it tells us about satisfaction, but actually more about kind of our engagement and how loyal our customers are, right? So once that actually becomes kind of a board recognized figure, which actually these days more and more companies are kind of taking on board in, in their reportings um, and then actively kind of drill it down towards the rest of the teams. Um, it also means that it's more of a kind of must have to incorporate in your business as usual. Um, we also incorporate it into, uh, we, we actually work with um, an OKR framework, so objectives and key results, which means that kind of when we start working towards our quarterly targets, we also have like more kind of 
detailed KPIs or, or kind of driving metrics in there, which also included NPS and that kind of engagement. So once you start doing that, um, it's kind of becoming more of a focus area. Um, what we then started doing is, um, uh, okay, so these are the type of scores that you might get. What does it actually mean? And then actually kind of talking about detractors, looking at the different drivers. Um, okay, so if a detractor would comment on driver X, Y, Z, what is he actually saying? How do you kind of take the emotion out of it? And what, what does that factually mean? How do you kind of respond to those conversations? And what can you do either on an individual level to kind of relieve that pain a bit? And what can we actually do on a structural level to make the world a bit better? Um, yeah, so that was kind of more getting into, into the depth uh, conversations, but also talking about objection handling and just kind of having those difficult conversations. So um, I, I think actually kind of the local teams have done an amazing job there. So really team leads also with their kind of um, country heads, you know, taking their experience, um, doing localized trainings, doing role plays on the job coaching, et cetera. So um, yeah, kudos to the local teams I have to see, definitely. That was also, I think, what, what your colleague said when he picked up the award. He said, this is for the team, yeah. Absolutely, but I think yeah. it's a team effort. All of this is a team effort. And I think what I'm astonished by, actually, and I'm even picking up on how motivated you are uh, um, and, and how, you know, it's, it's, it's actually great. Um, but it is that whole, you started it, you just came along. And then to start something like this, I think that is what is most terrifying for people is when they're somewhere new, you just went in guns blazing <laughs> and uh, you had your toolkit. And in a way, I think that it's a bit odd to state that, but we did know each other, right? So yeah. you had your toolkit ready and you were quite determined. You were like, this is going to have to work this way. But then you really brought the company yeah. along. So there were certain things that you had okay. that you knew you could count on uh, yeah. going in. I guess if I look back on it as well, reflecting, which makes me feel really good. Yeah. Uh, and then you drove it and your team of course but you know you've been building those up and and, and I think that is you know probably a, a key to, to it it's just getting getting going right getting going starting and don't be intimidated yeah. when so, so what what are some of the things that you've learned from that that have not maybe gone the way you wanted or that you could think you could have done better where you go like oh if I had to do it again. This is one of the warning signs I want to put out for somebody else. Is there anything you can share? <laughs> um, <have> no, to. <laughs> no I, I think I think all in all, but this is also the, the environment that we work in, right? We're always kind of like challenging the status quo and we're always kind of like, um, I'd rather have an oops than a what if. Um, we kind of really take this whole growth hacking type of approach. So learning from your failures, you know, and just rather take decisions than don't do anything at all. So um, having that type of kind of environment also makes it quite comfortable to try and do things and just having that space. So that's also up to Berkian because Berkian's my director. So I'm really kind of very grateful that he gave us that space to do so. Uh, and like I mentioned with the local teams, without kind of their inputs and the efforts, um, we wouldn't have be able to make it a success. Um, I, I think the one thing, and this is something which we're still kind of driving towards is um, really creating that aligned survey strategy because um, what you're seeing now is that everyone's really enthusiastic about NPS and, and surveying just in general and seeing how you can really kind of take those insights and, and create this, this massive difference, uh, talking about sentiment, but health factors of, of partners just in general. But um, I, I think I probably would have said, okay, so if we start to own, so when I see we either marketing or ever kind of 
owns the overall survey strategy, can we just please make sure that also CS kind of takes the same uh, timing, right? And, and also with product, et cetera, because suddenly you're seeing this whole influx of people wanting to do surveys. And actually, um, it's great. It's cool that they're kind of seeing the power of doing the surveys, but um, it needs to be relevant. And you really need to kind of create those moments of truth in order to get those right insights, right? And um, there's also different, there's always different means to an end. I think um, if you want to kind of, create a partner insight kind of more framework and um, there's also um more kind of like product type of, of heat mapping like hot jar whatever you know which also is going to give you lots of kind of utilization um inside so i think um definitely kind of having more of a aligned strategy across the border in place would make our lives a lot easier um, rather than roping everyone hey survey fatigue you know it's really a thing yeah so, uh, I yeah I, I i hear that uh, usually it's it's because it was, there was already somebody doing somewhere something. Yeah. I think with you guys, it might also just be everybody suddenly sees the power of it. And yeah, yeah and you've got to, you've got to go from where we're doing great to being a bit more strict. But um, yeah, I, I guess that is, uh, that's, that's a good one to call out. Lucinda, one of the things I really wanted to pick up on, you said it at the, at the very top, was about this whole concept of identity foods and about how you're changing the space to learn about what end users want. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I, th- I think kind of like legacy-wise and um, takeaway, and, and not just a company takeaway, but just the concept of food takeaway has always been about pizzas and kebabs and just like general greasy food. And I think um, also kind of learning for our consumers is that um, some consumers, they still kind of take that guilty pleasure of saying on the Friday nights, oh, hey, hey, after beers, you know, after kind of like the the, the Vrijnibo, as we call it in the Netherlands, uh, let's get this pizza <laughs> or the uh, shawarma. But um, actually what we're also seeing more, especially kind of with, with COVID times, is that um, kind of the, 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 the takeaway perspective actually kind of um, replacing the whole dine-out type of experience, right? So you really want to be um, ordering in some kind of exquisite meals sometimes. And yeah. what we're also seeing is that you know, even we had some star restaurants going online or some actual distros, et cetera, you know, and it, it's still quite difficult because um, you can't actually, it's, it, it is pretty difficult to actually do a proper steak and then deliver it at, at the right quality, at the right temperature, et cetera, in your house. So it did actually require some kind of changes in the way that we perceive takeaway and how we actually deliver and also menu changes and, and whatnot. But the actual kind of change also trends in, in vegan, you know, we also see more and more kind of vegan coming up and we're also piloting a lot with, uh, for instance, vegetarian butcher or other type of suppliers on how we can really kind of diversify the whole food delivery landscape. Um, it's also something that we're looking at is, is kind of more um, lunches, right? So rather than looking at kind of the standard broche gas or just a simple sandwich, how can you really kind of do proper um, wholesome meals and salads and really extend that whole kind of healthy offering that we want to be doing. Um, but that's also the feedback that you're getting from consumers, right? You can really kind of see on the order trends, the order data, what is more popular? What is the ask? Um, what are the restaurants that are getting kind of the more attention uh, and the more space to actually grow? So it's really interesting. So Lucinda, just, just out of curiosity, your, um, so your loyal customers, do you use those for, for referrals, for adding other restaurants into your uh, platform? 
So um, it's, it's something which we just kind of started to look into because um, at this point in time, we really kind of focus on, on the detractors and making sure that because retention and actually also with the whole COVID regulations lifting, you know, for us, retention is a big one at this point in time. Um, I'd love to put more emphasis on, on the ambassadors. Um, so I'm also working together with um, with marketing, but also with product and tech to really see how we can maybe create this whole customer community type of feel, which would then um, next to kind of having the ambassadors, so the promoters in there, but also something which we would call local heroes, you know, so they might not be the best performers, but they um, they might actually be our biggest promoters when it comes to wanting to test um, feature functionality and actually, like you mentioned, kind of referral. So, yeah, definitely something uh, to look into uh, for us in the future. If there, if there is, because I, I think I heard you talk a little bit about what's next around referrals and driving business, and there's probably a lot more on increasing your already really great results. Uh, but, but just um, to stay on that personal level, anybody joining this whole experience management space, which I think is really coming up, right? And a lot of companies are trying to figure out how to do it best. If there are any people listening out there to say, oh, do you have anything like tips? Like, look, if there is anything you need to be mindful of, these are my top three um tips for you do you have any of those I, I think I think actually you know one of the more, more important things and especially now with this world that we're living in today is that you constantly need to keep in check with what your partners need I think legacy wise it was always very easy to say oh we're going to be developing this but kind of then reflecting back oh did it actually make sense right so really put yourself in your partner's shoes or in your consumer's shoes before you actually start developing anything um and that that type of mindset um and I'm, I'm very lucky to kind of have lots of colleagues around me also from from other companies joining us right so from Heineken from KLM who are kind of like um very driven in that type of perspective so um I, I think that's actually kind of probably the top tip keep on putting yourself um in the partner's shoes and also keep on imagineering right so never stop at what is good kind of keep on challenging the status quo putting yourself out there thinking outside the box and just don't be afraid to fail. Um, there's nothing more pleasurable than trailblazing and pioneering. And yes, you'll probably fall down, but as long as you land at one point, you're never going to fail. Um, so yeah, I love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna use that. So <laughs> it's, keep 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 the open mind to your to your customer, whether it's a partner yeah. or an end consumer, and don't be afraid to fail. I I like that. I actually really agree with that. This it's 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 all about learnings, right? So you Definitely. learn. Yeah, thank you. That was really good. Lucinda, thank you so much for joining us today on the Account Experience Podcast. We really learned a lot about your business and about the program. Thanks for sharing those insights with us. And we wish you all the success. And yeah, and you're you definitely going to go on stage. Yeah. <laughs> you can hold me to that one then, are yeah, you? I really am now. <laughs> no, thanks for having me. It was really cool to do. So uh, and if, thank you. And, and if people want to follow you, how should they How should they follow you or, or take away interest in um, they can follow me on LinkedIn and otherwise, um, yeah, same for just eat uh, takeaway. We're also on LinkedIn and also on social media, et cetera. So, uh, yeah. Much appreciated, Lucinda. Thank you so much for sharing your secrets with us today. You're very Thank welcome. You. Thank you for having me. Wow, what a great uh, podcast, I thought. Um, I, I always like uh, speaking with Lucinda, and it had been way too long. Uh, but, but what an interesting takeaway, uh, 
to, to coin a phrase <laughs> uh, to learn about this changing landscape of um, of food delivery from from kind of like the greasy snacks <laughs> to this whole premium uh, restaurant at home uh, experience uh, and and the fact that it's, it's you think about uh, her kind of like her industry as focused on the end consumer, uh, literally the consumer, whereas actually she's enabling that with her account experience approach by adding all these fantastic restaurants and setting them up for success. I think that's the most interesting thing. As you say, we're we're really used to giving the ratings in the app, but she's, she's really operating in that channel about making sure that the just the takeaway uh, infrastructure is serving yeah. the restaurateurs and the people who are providing yeah. it. I, I think that's really an interesting learning yeah. on that one. I hope that I hope it was educational and uh, and, and and good for people to listen to. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. So anyway, uh, we have our next guest coming next week. So uh, from one award winner to another. I'm really excited to introduce Marcus Engel from uh, DHL next week. So. Yeah, I also am very excited. And, and you're going to be on board for that one for me I am. as well? Okay. Yeah. Okay, we better start brushing up our questions then. Great. Okay, Camilla, I'll catch up with you next, the Can Experience podcast. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you. Bye.